Welcome to episode six of Glow Up Syndrome. This is your host, Mick. We have a special guest today, Remy. I would like to just recap what we're going to talk about today. So as you all know, Glow Up Syndrome is about working hard towards our best self. So far, we've covered like maximizing productivity, educational and career aspirations. I've also covered the collaborative work that's important for self-growth. And we look at that through friendships. What we have yet to cover is how we can work towards our best selves physically. So this is a really important episode to me. I will say before we get into it, if the topic around eating is like triggering and you struggle with eating disorders, or if you just think that it would be bad for you to hear right now, this is just your trigger warning. And now to introduce Remy. Remy is a holistic health coach. That's also her title on Instagram. In fact, she's a certified naturopath, a nutrition coach, and a personal trainer. So she focuses specifically on helping others achieve healthier eating patterns, providing one-on-one sessions, digital courses, and a range of easy-to-digest advice on her Instagram page, which, by the way, is super, super cute and aesthetic as well. So Remy, if you want to just introduce yourself from your own perspective and give us a little preview of what you want to be talking about today. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much. I'm so grateful and excited to be here with you and to have this conversation um, because I feel like this is such a such a big topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to talk about what current projects you're maybe pursuing right now? Like what are you spending your time doing most of the day? What are you what are your hobbies, your interests? Just to give the listeners a little bit more about you? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I'm now helping clients, as you said, one-on-one um, with, uh, with creating healthier patterns, healthier guilt-free food choices, how to make those guilt-free food choices. And um, that's kind of like what I do the most. I'm also working on a new uh, digital course that's going to come up, uh, come out soon. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be around beginning of July, maybe, maybe uh, end of June. So amazing. And what is your kind of like expertise? Like where have you, where did you start this this passion for holistic health? Yeah, well, um, my journey started with my own self struggle. Um, For probably most of my adult life, you know, uh, from growing up, I was struggling with my body with my weight, I looked in the mirror and only could see everything I hated and everything I needed to change, needed, wanted to change. And I was kind of like in this rush and this marathon looking for the next diet, the next solution. And because of that, my ultimate dream and my ideal heaven world is that every girl and every woman on this planet will feel content and will feel good and free being herself in her body because I know and remember uh, those pain you know the pain that I went through and the struggles I went through with that so um, so that's kind of that what led me to to do what I do now I can Um, certainly resonate with that I'm sure so many people 
can resonate, which is why, again, I think it's so important to do this episode. Do you want to get into actually the topic itself? So we're going to be covering three things today, as you already know, Remy. Um, There's intuitive eating. We're going to talk about IBS, which is really important to me personally. And then we're going to talk about holistic health specifically. So what does it mean to you to eat intuitively? So intuitive eating is, as it sounds, it's basically listening to your body and eat based on your intuition. Now, it's important to also understand that your body has a voice, right? Your body speaks to you. I love that phrase, your body has a voice. That's so quotable. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because, you know, there the perfect example for this would be, you know, I, I we went for a trip uh, last month and I, we, we went to like this fancy hotel and I kind of get very like excited when I'm on vacation. So I'm like road trip. So I eat really junk. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and, and that's totally OK once in a while, right? Oh yeah, of course. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and my body at one point, like after a day or two that I was like pizza and you know, all the, mm-hmm. all those stuff, my body started speaking to me and my body mm-hmm. was like, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, yeah. just stop. So, yeah. so understanding that, so understanding that our body, you know, your body speaks to you. I feel like that's, that's the most essential point to understand. And we want to to learn how to listen to those signals and follow them. And that, that is to me, intuitive eating. Now there's, you know, there are a ton of books out there about intuitive eating and podcasts and all kinds of information. Um, so I'm just going to share today, you know, from my own experience, professional and personal experience. Can I, can I ask them like from, you said that our body has signals. So can you explain a little bit like how, that works like maybe what are the signals that you look out for like how do you how do you eat like intuitively yeah so the I feel like the first step is to to remember that those signals are basically it's super simple it's basically your body can tell you when you're hungry your body can tell you when you're full your body can tell you when you're thirsty that's it basically it's it's simple however what happens if you're like me and tried, I don't know, hundreds of diets in your life, those signals kind of went into, um, they're messed up. And you kind of want to re-find them and, and re-understand them. And Actually, I think yeah. that even in our, like, even without, you know, ex- people without experience of dieting a lot, we live in a world that's just, you have so much input from everywhere and you forget to listen to your to yourself to your body 100% 100% that's such a good point and i'm so glad you said it because i feel like also um it goes with every every area in our lives right and especially nowadays that we have social media um you know we we compare ourselves even if we want to or not we compare ourselves it's- so one yeah, it just, it so, just comes naturally, and you don't you don't realize you're doing it. 
Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I got to be honest, sometimes I don't know if it happened to you. Tell me if it did. <laughs> that sometimes you like scroll, you go into like a scroll hole, you know, on Instagram or, or TikTok, or whatever. And, and you see people eat like pizza and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I feel like, oh, I want pizza. And I don't really want yes. pizza, but you know. Yeah. It's, it's a spiral. Your, your mind is so powerful. Like you don't realize like you might not actually even be hungry. And then you'll see pictures of food. And then your body will think that you're hungry because your mind is telling you that it's hungry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's exactly, so that's a good point. Uh, thank you for saying that because that's exactly what I mean when our bodies, you know, when your body tells you I'm hungry. So one tip that I can give now to anyone that listens, and if you take this, it sounds a little bit of a hassle to do, but if you take a week of your life, and within this week, take the first three days of this week, have kind of like a log, you know, have kind of like a journal or, you know, just like a notepad, whatever. Um, and write down when you're eating, write down, how do you feel? Do you feel full? Do you feel excited to eat? Do you feel maybe you're even thirsty and you're just yeah. eating or maybe or, you're bored, you know? Yeah. Or do you feel like eating is a chore? Like you, you're like you, you're doing it, and like you're like, oh, I have to eat because it's dinner time, but you're not actually mm -hmm. hungry. Yes, yes, perfect. So, so because taking those three days, just three days, and and writing it down, every meal, like even snacking, even like you know, I don't know, milkshake, whatever. Um, writing this down, this brings your awareness, your focus, your understanding of how he how it really feels physically in your body to eat when you're not really hungry or to eat when you're super hungry. So once you have this awareness, then the next two or three days, leave the notepad behind, kind of look at it. But the next three days, start just asking yourself a question like, do I really want to eat this right now? Am I really hungry right now? Am I really snacky right now am I really bored right now just kind of and again it all comes down it's like three essentially it's five days <laughs> of a of a of a, an exercise but once you do that and this is an exercise that I can swear by it's actually not mine I cannot take credit for it but once I started doing that and I started also teaching my clients to, to do that that's a game changer it, it sounds like a game changer I mean just thinking about it it it's genius because you're kind of uniting your mind and your body, right? Like these are two things that have, I guess, like been disconnected when you think of these other eating fads and unhealthy eating attitudes. But then you're reuniting them and you're saying, hey, like listen to each other, you know? Yeah. And that's the core for me. That's the core of intuitive eating, right? Yeah. It's, it's beautiful, actually. This conversation that we're having in the the ways to describe it, it's it's very, I think we're kind of digging into like our humanity, if that makes sense, rather than like being so confounded by everything else around us. I think that for me, intuitive eating has like a specific like resonance just because I also had a similar experience as you where I was like dieting and dieting and dieting. I was like, you know, when the pandemic hit, I, you know, we were just in our rooms on social media all the time. So many people went on diets and oh my gosh, I, you know, you kind of just spiral. You you get caught in this, in this net of, I need to look this certain way. And you're never going to be satisfied if you're basing 
your eating habits on how you look, I think that that's so unhealthy because you're never going to be satisfied with how you look. You're going to be like, I need to reach this goal, this next goal. I need this, that. And it's going to get deeper and deeper. You're going to, you know, you have to kind of get out of that. And I don't think I got out of it soon enough because I guess for me, I wanted to be skinnier like everything else I was seeing online. But but it actually slowed my metabolism down so much. It, it actually is hurtful to your own body. When I got off that diet, I was it was really bad. I was eating like, what, like less than a thousand calories per day for like a year. No carbs, <gasps> no sugar. Wow. It was, oh it my was, God. And I was working out every single day. And there were days where I would work out and not rest. And I was like, no, I need to keep going. But that's so bad because you're, I mean, I was like hurting my own body, right? Like, oh, and, yeah. And my body, like once I got off of that, I, I went and it, it's interesting because I went back to uni like in person and I snapped out of it. And I was like, no, I need to like function. I need food to fuel me. And, you know, the pandemic kind of just when you're in your room and you're on your phone just sent me into like this spiral. But then I got out of it. I started eating normally in the proportions that I knew my body needed for the energy I needed that day. And my body couldn't digest the food. Like I was wow. having stomach pains, stomach problems. And I was like, in no question in my mind, I was like, this is because I was dieting so much, right? Yes. And I know that, you know, I took a class on like body regulation and, you know, it's, there's really like, I know that there's scientific proof that your metabolism needs to know how to work. Like if there's no food in it, it'll forget like how to do its job. Oh yeah. So that's why for me, I chose, I, I'm so attracted to the concept of intuitive eating. I, I try to do it today. I won't say I'm as, I'm as experienced as you, but I try to implement it in my life when I can. And it really makes a difference, not just body-wise, but mind-wise. And I think that's, those are two important things. You can't just be like, I'm happy with my body and how I feel in it. You also have to be like, I'm happy with the way I think about food. Oh, I love that. I love that. And first of all, let me just say that I'm so proud of you and so happy that you you were able to, you. you know, to step out of this mindset because um, it is damaging in the long run. And as you and, said, your body couldn't digest. Yeah. And I don't think it's a unique experience. You know, so many girls go through this. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, and this is why I'm so uh, grateful for our conversation now, because I remember on my days that I was feeling like that, I felt like I'm the only one. I felt like I'm alone. I felt like nobody will understand, you know, and I see also now with my clients that they first come, I hear things the same as my experience as well. Right. But, uh, but, but this conversation that we are having right now is bringing this up to the surface and showing um, other girls, maybe boys as well, um, that it's okay, that you're not alone, that it happens to the best of us. And that's okay. And uh, that's very important. And another thing that I wanted to point out as well, that 
you mentioned, um, yes, in the long term, and now I'm going to give my naturopath perspective, uh, that in the long term, if you think about it, when you eat less of what you need, your body doesn't have enough nutrients, nutrients, meaning vitamins, minerals, you know, um, phytochemicals, all those things that your brain needs, you know, your digestive system needs, your immune system, needs, your hair needs, all those things, you kind of prevent from your body to have. And this is not good in the long run, and it can create all kinds of health conditions. Absolutely. I like the thought of like seeing food as like a source of fuel, as a source of energy, rather than this demon. It's, It's really interesting to go back to, I guess, our roots, which we kind of touched on a bit earlier, and be like, we're human, you know, we're, we have like, even like, you know, think about it like scientifically, right? We have these needs and you have to fulfill them, but you also have to strike a balance. You can't have too much, too little. I I love thinking about it in terms of needs, not to function as like this person who looks this way, but to function as a human who needs to accomplish these certain tasks. This is what you need. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. And also to that, it's it's a little, I guess, analogy when, you know, when your phone, uh, when even your battery goes low on your phone, you charge your phone, right? So it's, yes. it's pretty similar. Obviously, it's a little different, but it's pretty similar. So basically, if you think about food as this charger, it can be, you know, for for charger for my physical health for vitamins nutrients all the things but it could also be for my soul as I mentioned before the vacation we took you know and I ate pizza it was for my soul obviously you know there's not really a lot of nutrients in pizza but I was happy fine like you have to do that once in a while right you also have to feed your soul but you have to strike that balance you have to feed your soul not too much then you have to feed your body according to the healthier nutrients that it needs you know like you really just have to kind of think of that interplay of the different aspects of you as a human. (laughs) I think that's pretty much, I would like to wrap up this conversation about intuitive eating. I wonder if you have a take on other benefits of intuitive eating that we haven't touched upon yet. Of course, I would like to say the first thing is, and this is something that I see a lot, is that many people that go into intuitive eating, their goal is to lose weight. And I feel like that's a little, I feel like that's a mistake because intuitive eating is really the opposite of having a mindset of diet because the mindset of diet is like, okay, I'm going to eat X amount of whatever calories or, you know, amount of food a day to lose weight and intuitive eating comes back to, as you say, our nature as humans and say, okay, wait a second, like my body has these types of needs. So, so once it could be that when someone will start intuitive eating, you know, and listening to their body, it could be that they will lose weight, but it's not a guarantee. And it's not kind of like, um, you know, like a race that you end up in a certain station or in a certain point it's your whole life, right? And what will happen with intuitive eating is that your body will reach a state of equilibrium, which basically means that it's optimal weight. Your body will reach its optimal weight and each body has its own optimal weight. And this is why it's very individual, obviously. And another thing that I feel like is a huge benefit is 
once you learn how to listen to your body, once you learn how to intuitive eating, right? You free up so much space in your mind to deal with other stuff, to think about other stuff exactly. rather than food, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I know that feeling all too well. It's, and it's such a good feeling. You're like, when you're actually like, you know, it's like you wake up. I know people have gone on diets and they, they like people have gone on diets and not gotten their periods, for example, you know, mm-hmm. and they're and then they just lack energy. I I listened to this podcast of like there's this creator named Miriam Hart. I don't know if you've seen her show on Netflix, but she talks about her journey, her eating disorder journey and how she she came out of it. She started eating more food. She started eating more intuitively. And suddenly her family thought that she was on drugs because she had so much energy all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. But that was just because she started eating. She started giving herself that energy she needed. You know, that's so interesting, I think. Yeah. And that's, by the way, and that's the last sentence I'm going to say about this. But this is, you know, it's one of the things that I love. I love the most when I work with, with coaching clients. I love the most that they text me after a while. You know, I at the beginning, I thought that I'm eating too much. But now I lost weight. I feel so much better. My skin looks better. My hair looks better. And I'm like, well, you know, um, and they're happier. And they're happier. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's just it's amazing. I think there's also one last thing I want to plug in before we move on to the next topic. You touched on optimal weight and people have this thing of optimal weight being like a certain like, you know, skinny fit, but everyone has is born with a different body type. Some some bodies store more fat than others. Some are more muscular. Some are skinnier. It It's counterintuitive to the way our society kind of approaches it but we have to be aware of that and learn to accept ourselves as hard as that that sounds it's just something to keep in mind that we really are truly all built differently and you really you can't compare because you have very different starting points very different builds it's it's really just not on the same level every we're all humans but every single human is so different yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And thank you for pointing that out. Also, it reminded me of, you know, um, you know how sometimes you see like bloggers and people, creators and stuff, what I eat in a day and all those kind of things. And I remember my back in my days, I was so obsessed about it. And I was like, oh, she's so skinny. She has the gap in between her thighs, you know, which the is what I wanted. The, the... I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I see her eating like, I don't know, whatever, a smoothie and like a thing and like a salad. And I'm like, and I, and I tried it, but I was so hungry and frustrated yeah. and, and it and, didn't work for me. And right? I know people who, who have that body alternatively and they eat like junk. And, yes. You know, so it really just goes to show you, you really, you just can't compare. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do want to give one more tip around that. Um, Cause this is also something that ultimately can shift everything for you if you're really gonna do it whoever you know for for everyone who listens and it's get into a routine into a habit that every day before you close your eyes before you go to sleep ask yourself what did my body do for me today just a simple question and it could be my body helped me breathe right and my body helped me move from one place to another um because once you start 
asking this question. You bring back the focus from, as you mentioned before, you don't want to base your eating habits according to your looks, the way you look. You want to base your eating habits according to how you feel and what your body needs. So start asking this question, what does my body do for me? So it's another game changer for me in that case, because I, you I start to, that. you start to, you start to understand and be grateful of your body, regardless of how it looks. Yes, you might not like the way it looks in the mirror, you might, you know, want to go down a size in your jeans, which is okay. However, at the same time, you can still be grateful that you have a body (laughs) you can you can walk you can get yourself places you can wow yeah I love that so I now want to talk about IBS which stands for irritable bowel syndrome this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart not only do I struggle with it you know my I have a lot of family members who do my mom struggled with it for eight years some somehow it just went away but it's really, really, I've seen and I've felt myself the the impact it can have on someone's life. It sounds like such a small thing, but for me, it's like, it's this whole scientific mystery, you know? Actually, to describe it first, it is a chronic gastrointestinal condition that is commonly characterized by bloating, abdominal pain, and changes in bowel habits, just to name a few. It's most prevalent in women under the age of 50, an estimatedly 10 to 15% of the global population suffers from this. But again, there is no known cure. No one knows what causes it. There's a lot of research that kind of speculates, but there's nothing that's been like really solidly like pinpointed. And I think this is a condition that varies with the person. And it ties in very well, I think, with the concept of intuitive eating because it's so personalized. I think for me, I learned to eat intuitively because of my IBS, actually. I learned that I had to listen to my body more and recognize when it's bloating, when it's in pain, when it's telling me something, when it's hurting. I learned that I had to change the way I was eating. I couldn't, like, for example, a long time ago, if I was on a, like, you know, trying to diet and I was just having bloating and abdominal pain, I'm like, I'm not going to hurt my body anymore, right? Like, you really have to listen I think this taught me a lot about listening to your body if there's anything I've taken away from it but it still intrigues me a lot I'd like to talk about the connection between food stress IBS symptoms so one thing that I've had to become aware of is like food sensitivities I I kind of I developed my IBS condition maybe five years ago and I started getting massive stomach aches, bloating, like indigestion when I had beef, when I had coffee. And over the years, I've kind of learned other foods that trigger it, which are beans, highly acidic foods. I know that acidic foods trigger that reaction in people naturally. But for me, it would trigger like a whole episode that would last maybe a week But then there's also the other side of it where research talks a lot about the gut-brain axis, which the research kind of builds on this assumption that the axis between our gut and our brain is kind of damaged in a way. I think there's something called the vagus nerve. The What they say is that it's that pathway is dysregulated. So I, I just know that there's a lot to do with stress 
Mm-hmm. And so when you feel stressed, when your brain is stressed, when there's a lot of cortisol, it communicates that back and forth with the gut. And then your gut yeah. feels that and it just goes like haywire and, you know, doesn't know how to manage itself, how to respond. I think, I think there's one thing I've learned that that has said that your body goes in like preservation mode and it tries to like the indigestion happens because it tries to store those nutrients. I know when you're stressed, your body goes into fight or flight Mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't know if I'm going to have food, if I'm going to have water, just thinking, just thinking in terms of evolution, you know, and your body just wants to help you survive. And when it feels that stress, it's like, okay, we're in a high risk, high danger situation. I need to preserve whatever's here. We're not going to digest the food. We're going to store it there as energy. That's at least what I've learned could be a potential cause. And then two more things. It might be hormonal changes for one. I've noticed that when I'm about to get my period a week before, oh my gosh, my IBS gets so bad. Like I literally look like a pregnant lady (laughs) despite not having eaten anything. One day I'll wake up and my stomach is huge, like bloated. And I'm like, what is going on? A week later, I get my period and I'm like, that makes sense. You know, I didn't eat any of my trigger foods. I've not been stressed, but I got my period. So, and there is research to support that. One more thing that's really interesting, this is more of a small factor, but people have speculated something about oxygen intake. So like, I try not to drink from straws because I know that straws can get a lot of air in your system. Who knows, right? Maybe the way you chew, some people say that the way you chew, I don't know, it just creates more air. And I don't know, you probably know more about this, Remy. I'd love to hear your take about these four like theories I've outlined because I'm not like a nutritionist I don't have your background um these are just things that I've read as someone who suffers from IBS yeah these are all really interesting points um the thing is the first thing that I will say about what you mentioned is the Again, you mentioned that it's a condition and it's a mystery. And that's exactly that. Um, IBS is a syndrome. It's not considered as a disease. Yet so many people, it's so common for so many people to experience that. And um, I want to touch base on what you said around stress and around kind of like gut and brain connection. And one point to that, to kind of keep it a little simple is the understanding that our gut, our digestive system, let's start with this. Our digestive system starts with our mouth <laughs> and ends in our backside, right? It ends in our yes. um, anus, right? <laughs> yes. So it's yes. Re- it's super long. It's super long. Our bowels are like, it's insane. Like if you take out, obviously you don't want to do it because it's gross, but like <laughs> if you take out, it's like so long. And the understanding that this huge digestive system has all over it, um, it has neurotransmitters, basically meaning that the entire, entire nervous system is within our, not entire, but it's connected, right, to our digestive system. So, so obviously, yeah, and a lot of times, there are also a lot of uh, books that talk about that, that our people call the our digestive system, our second brain, right? Because yes, of that, yes. because of that. 
So it's very sensitive to a lot of things. And when you said also in terms of food sensitivity and all those kind of stuff, I'll touch that in a second. But to understand that really there are a lot of neurotransmitters in our digestive system. And once we're in a stress lifestyle, once we're stressed, once we, and by the way, stress can also be physical with what we spoke earlier about the diet. Because yes. right, you let's say you don't give your body enough um, enough nutrients, your body goes into stress, as you said, like the fight or flight. It's like, oh my god, what's happening? You know, if you were your body, you would be yeah, you would be so scared. You'd be like, oh my god, no, I need more. Food. Yeah, I so, need to survive. <laughs> yeah, so 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 your body goes into stress. Therefore, it creates more um, hormones, like stress hormones, which affect ultimately um, the digestive system. Right. So that could be the first point and the first connection. And um, and the second thing that you mentioned also in terms of food sensitivity and acidic and alkaline is so, so, so crucial to understand. And not only, by the way, for IBS, also for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, when our body so our body is about 80 percent, maybe even more water fluid. Okay, so when we eat, when our when our nutrition is based on foods that are acidic, like sugar, dairy products, meat, uh, coffee, alcohol, all those kind of stuff, junk food, you know, processed food, all those things, they actually raise the acidity in our body, in our blood, right? Okay, and then. Yeah. And then what happens is our entire body becomes acidic. When our, when our blood, when our body becomes acidic, we're more exposed to all kinds of conditions. So autoimmune diseases, um, IBS, uh, Crohn disease, all kinds of things. Uh, Even, even it's, even in the small things, not that I'm saying it's small, but like even with hair loss, we'll start losing our hair and we don't know oh, why wow. or yeah that's, or migraines. that's interesting migraines really yeah it could be wow. so many things yeah because just because our blood you know our our um body fluids are aesthetic so so that's that's a really good point to understand also not only for ibs um yeah it's then- really interesting as we grow older to also just understand the way our bodies work you know we learn this when we're so much younger and and you think that there's no reason you're not going to become like a doctor or whatever. But it's so important to understand what's going on in your own body. You're putting things in your body or you're making it work towards different goals. And you just don't know what's going on internally. And and that's the thing. And once you understand that, once you understand, OK, and it also, you know, it also emphasized the point that we made earlier about intuitive eating, because as you said, you know, the silver lining, and it's so beautiful that you mentioned that the silver lining is, OK, I want I need to listen to my body, you know, and that's what you basically want to do. And, uh, and this is the same, this is the same approach that we have with with holistic health or natural health, right to to manage the situation, we want to support the entire, you know, we want to support the whole the person as a whole, because it affects your lifestyle, it affects your mood, it affects everything you do, really, because you know, you need to go to work when you're stomach hurts or you need to study for a test in uni and you know you're feeling horrible so we want to understand that and decrease 
obviously decrease stress and finding ways to be more mindful uh, during yeah. our days, as well as to reduce as much as possible the acidity in our bodies with eating things that are more alkaline. The term of acidic or basic really is determined by something that's called a pH. A pH is yes. the kind of like the measurement. You know what, uh, yes, what I'm talking about. I know the about. pH yeah. levels, yeah. Yeah, so the pH, the the uh, the neutral one is number seven. That's how yeah. they found it, right? So anything that goes below seven is more acidic. So there okay. you will find all the things that I mentioned, like coffee. Uh, okay, opposite. so it's acidic versus alkaline. Okay, exactly. I see now. Okay. Exactly. So, and you can find it really online. I just the other day printed out, you know, just like a kind of like a scale or a chart, just Google, you know, acidic or alkaline pH chart, whatever. And you can find lists of foods. So you want to focus more. And again, not regardless of IBS or anything like that, you want to focus more on alkaline foods that will nourish your body basically yeah. I, I believe there's a name for that there's a there's like a whole list of foods that are more alkaline there's some yeah. sort of chart um I just don't remember what exactly. it's called I'll link it in the episode description if I find it but I can send it yeah, to you but I I'm happy to to send it out because it makes it so clear amazing thank you so much um I think I want to wrap up this this is getting a bit long but I want to wrap up this whole IBS section by talking about just like trying to be kinder to our own bodies. So, so we covered intuitive eating as listening to our own bodies. I want to emphasize in this section, just being kinder to our own bodies. So if I know, for example, that I'm going to go take an exam, I want to be kind to my body that day and nourish it with the things that I know will make it happy, won't trigger it. You know, like I'll have I'll have things that are easy to digest. I'll hydrate a lot. I'll move my body before the exam. You know, you have to be very, not just attuned to the world you live in and to your body, but also to the specific situations that you're putting your body in, you know? And that's what I mean by being kinder to yourself is, is kind of giving yourself that leeway of, you know, this is what I'm experiencing. And so I need to accommodate for that. And that's, again, that's just something huge that I've learned from IBS. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you can see the the positive sides of that. I It's been a while with this condition. And I just, I like to believe that everything happens for a reason. And I used to be very in my head, just go, go, go. I wouldn't listen to my body. I wouldn't do any of that stuff. And this has really been like a game changer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But. If you're good to move on, I want to talk about holistic health and well-being. So you specialize in holistic health. What does holistic health mean to you? Why why holistic health? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of, a, I think you asked before also about naturopath and what does it mean? It's, yes. it's pretty much the, 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 the same, same thing. idea. Yeah, for me at least, because... Um, so holistic health looks at the person as a whole, right? Because okay. we're more we're more than just a body, right? We're more than whatever. So it's um it's understanding that we're a whole and to to reach a level of optimal 
uh, health is to to create positive habits and create positive changes that are on at least three levels. So behavioral balance, emotional balance, and physical balance. These are the top three that will combine this idea of holistic because holistic means looking at the person as a whole. As a whole and yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're talking about, and again, behavioral, emotional, and physical balance. So we're talking about creating habits that support you and support your health or mindful habits around not necessarily morning routine, but you know, maybe meditation or journaling or go for a walk or read a book, do something for your soul and for emotions. So you this know. is what we touched on earlier with, you know, eating, not just eating things that are nutritious, but also things that are good for your soul. Like 100%, 100%. And that also, by the way, uh, again, going back to what we spoke about in terms of diet mentality and all those things, once you have balance on all those three levels, you can see results and so you can see positive change that can last for a longer time rather than just a diet that you do for, I don't know, 30 days of cabbage soup or whatever, one it's, of the diets I tried. I, so. I think holistic health to me could also be termed like lifelong health because you're thinking more long term. You're thinking, you're not thinking for the moment, you're thinking for what would make your body its healthiest for the future, for your future self. 100%, absolutely. And one more thing, actually a couple more things. You you sell supplements, right? Could you, can you explain that a little bit? I want to just talk about these products that you're, you believe in so much. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's actually interesting because you're not supplements. I'm taking them since October 2016, so almost seven years now. And when I looked at the ingredients, I was so stunned because they're just food. They're just fruits and vegetables. They were uh, picked in the prime uh, state, which means that all the nutrients, yeah, and all the nutrients are there and alive and and you know, and potent to absorb in the body. Basically, uh, what they did, they take them at the prime, and then they freeze dry them. That's a certain process that they do. Does that store the nutrients? Exactly, 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 which stores the nutrients. And then they started doing all kinds of uh, you you can find on I can I can link that if you like, but uh, you can find clinical research that show that the absorption percent from these capsules that are just fruits and vegetables, there are 30 different fruits and vegetables in those capsules. 30, that's a lot. It's a lot. And by the way, in the US, um, in the US, the amount that is recommended for fruits and vegetables is about between seven to 10 a day. You need to eat between seven to 10 fruits and vegetables a day. And you take this every day. So yes. it's like 30 a day. Exactly. Wow. And then, 30 a day yeah. keeps the doctor away. <laughs> 100%. And again, I'm taking them for almost seven years. And oh my God, I mean, energy levels. I started taking them back then, by the way, because of uh, hair loss. So okay. regarding to, so going back to what we spoke about earlier with, you know, with IBS and alkaline foods, fruits and vegetables are alkaline. 
So I ate mm. healthy, similar, a little similar to what I eat today. But I understood that at one point, okay, maybe, well, there could be a couple of things. It could be that my body wasn't absorbing the nutrients that I got from food. And this is, by the way, very individual. It could be that your body absorbs amazing and it could be that your body doesn't. And, you know, it has so many factors in it. I'm not going to go to that now, but yeah. um. And then, and then I, I understood, okay, I need to figure out a way to give my body all the nutrients in a, in a way that will guarantee this absorption. Okay. So that's, okay. okay. Yeah. Super, super last topic. I, I actually wanted to talk a little bit like for five minutes, this episode is getting really long, but I think one important thing that we haven't covered yet is, you know, exercise calories in calories out and the scale um mm-hmm. i think that you know i took this class called obesity and the regulation of body weight and it was interesting because our professor was exaggerating a lot the importance of calories in calories out and how you know exercise isn't that effective for losing weight which is really shocking, right? Shocking. I can see the look in your face. It's really shocking. Even I was that shocked. I was like, there's no way that's not true. I think they wanted to emphasize the fact that for the sake of losing weight, for at least for obese people specifically, at this point, it's like how much you put into your body, how much goes out. But that message overall, I think, is just very misconstrued. This is another really interesting lesson from that class I learned. This, the, What I just talked about was kind of like the bad, the bad side of it. But the good side is that there are differences in metabolic activity. So when you're born, some people have genes that predispose them to carry more body fat. So sometimes you can eat the exact same amount as other people and work out exactly the same way, but not get the same results. We learned that certain people whose whose ancestors went through periods of starvation, their, their genes were like kind of altered to store more fat because you know, it was a survival tactic back then. And I think this just emphasizes of the point of like, you can't be, you really can't be too hard on yourself. You, you don't know what's going on really, really deep down in our genes. I mean, sometimes you can really just be doing everything you can and people will beat themselves up for that. And then they'll look at the scale. They'll be like, oh my gosh, this is my weight. This is still my weight. Like what's, what's going on. Right. And number one, the scale is such a bad such a bad gauge of health the standards that society has set you know these numbers these scales they put you in a box like it's the same thing as you know don't let society tell you who you are yeah 100 percent. i love that and and i feel like it's such a good uh topic to close off this conversation with because as you said, you know, we're so different. We we are very similar, but we're so different at the end of the day. I got to be honest, this is something that I, you know, sometimes I have people uh, coming and starting working with me on, on coaching and they say, oh, do I need to go on the scale and send you my measurements every week? And I'm like, no, just throw away the scale. If you want to work with me, please throw away the scale. Like, just don't yes. talk to me about this because there's so many other things that you can measure as your energy level, how you feel, how you feel. That's so important than yes. just the size on your, you know, in your genes, right? So we've talked about a lot of things in this episode is getting really long. So I want to just cap it off with, we made a list of the five things that we think would help you love yourself more because 
again, we're talking about holistic health. We're talking about being kind to yourself and listening to yourself. And so the first one is don't be afraid to let go of habits that don't serve you anymore. Again, if you've been so used to like dieting, if you're so used to this specific, you know, like ideal that society has put out, don't be afraid to let go of those ideals, those attitudes, those habits, and and wrap your head around what might serve you better in that moment. Another tip is don't compare yourself to others. We've touched on this so much. Third is trust your gut. So again, intuitive eating, both physically and emotionally, your gut always knows what's up. I think like, you know, the fact that our gut has like, is connected to our nervous system, your gut truly is like the second brain. Yeah. Um, the fourth is spend time with yourself, get to know yourself, enjoy your own company, be friends with yourself, take yourself for a walk, a date. You are you and that's your superpower. And it's not just a cliche. <laughs> um, and the fifth tip is start making a list. Uh, it's something I heard in a book. Start making a list of things you love about yourself. So every day, put one thing there. For example, I love my smile and I add it on the list. And then every day, go back to the list and read that list, the whole list all over again. And then it will just create magic in your life. Amazing. I love that so much. The goal really is happiness, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. To be free being you. Okay. So th that's the end of it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. Let me know what you guys think about the episode and this guest speaker style conversation. And if you want more of these conversations in the pod, um, before we end, I want to plug in Remy's Instagram handle. It's at Remy Hike. So that's R-E-M-I-H-A-I-K. You can follow her on Instagram to learn more about the topic, connect. I'll also link the, some of the things that we talked about. And also don't forget to follow at Glow Up Syndrome on Instagram and join our Geneva community. The links, as usual, to all of these accounts are in the episode description. And yeah, I'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.